0: Hey, hey, all you Arizona lovers, this is the Finding Arizona podcast, episode number 308. I'm your host, Jose, thank you so much for listening. Today's episode is with the executive director of the Phoenix Biomedical Campus. He was so interesting to talk to and so fun to get to know. David, I really, really do appreciate you and your time. I wanna just also say you can follow everyone who's on our show by following the links that we place in the bio below. If you wanna also go ahead and just follow us on all of our social media, Platforms that's Fighting Arizona Podcast. And if you want to go straight to the source, that is at our website, FightingArizonaPodcast.com. We make it easy for you guys to connect with us. So, again, tell us who you want in next. And then if you want to just send us a line, right, email, that is FightingArizonaPodcast at Gmail. And you can set up something like a shout out for our community cork board. If you want to be on the show, if you want to become a sponsor of the show, it's all for you guys to be one with us. I am very excited for this holiday season. We hope that you guys continue to listen to us because we have bonus content coming out because i am very open to just new stuff and i have uh, some time off and i can do a little bit of more editing a little bit of insight too little man is getting bigger and bigger by the day he's very excited for his first christmas and so are mom and dad if you want to go into our bio and um, go to our website then go to our blog you will go straight into what's going on in our lives the blog is a little bit more of the personal side so All of this is said, we hope that you guys have a safe, wonderful holiday season. If you are family and friends, we love you. We hope we miss you. We hope that you guys are having fun yourselves. If you are fans of the show, we hope that you guys are just staying safe out there with your own family and loved ones and that you're able to do stuff fun and interesting for the holiday season. And then again, if you want to just, you know, send us a line and just say happy holidays or Merry Christmas. Go ahead and do so. I'm very open to that. And I will always, always be here for you guys. If you want to continue to follow us, podcast at gmail.com. I will go ahead and just say that one last time. Uh, I want to say also... The next episode will be pre-edited, so I won't be kind of there. I will be there in spirit, but we are always, 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 making sure that you guys are getting the best out of every episode, so don't worry about that. We're gonna just say Merry Christmas on the next one. So for now, I will catch you all on the next episode, which will be probably after Christmas, and then, After that, we will be very excited to kick off the new year and the new season. I will very, very, very much be so excited to do some new stuff for you guys over the 2020. And with always, after every intro, kisses, hugs, and belly rubs. Hey, listeners, Joe Biden's bipartisan infrastructure bill has now become law. We're here to tell you that this is great news for Arizona. Expanded Internet access to hundreds of thousands of Arizonans. Check. A new rail line between Phoenix and Tucson. Check. And help secure the supply chain to bring down costs. Check. These are just a few ways our lives will improve. And guess what? Small businesses in particular will benefit from the reliable transportation and lower costs. That's right. Find out more by going to www.RealStoriesRealVoices.com. And now back to the show. Welcome back, everybody, to the Finding Arizona podcast. I'm your host, Jose. As always, we bring in someone very special, and today is no different. Ladies, ladies and gentlemen, joining us from the Phoenix Biomedical Campus, the, I want to say, direct executive director, David. David, thank you again for joining us. Uh, Jose, it's it's a pleasure. This is the highlight of my week. So I'm yes, looking to it. I'm looking forward to it as well. As someone who's uh, a native here, um, someone with your background is is going to make me have a lot of questions for you. Because again, I'm someone who is particularly interested in kind of development, the history, the culture of the downtown area, and the his, You know, just kind of the overall development of it. As I've met business owners and people of all sorts of backgrounds, it's kind of nice to, to get someone who has directly affected that uh, in his history. And uh, so again, David, thank you so much for coming aboard. Uh, my first question is, um, how, you know, I know a little bit of how you got to this position. Can you give us a little bit of that story and that uh, background, how you came into here? Sure,
1: uh, Jose. So I spent the first 30 or so years of my life uh, freezing my butt off in upstate New York, and we, we moved to Arizona in uh, 1991, yeah. uh, my wife and I and a one-year-old, and uh, I came here initially as the economic development uh, director for the city of Phoenix, sure. so I, I was in the city's community and economic development department. Uh, but then he had a really interesting ride uh, with the city. I got to spend uh, six or seven years as the airport director at Sky Harbor, uh, did a year of service uh, with uh, Phil Gordon when he got elected mayor. So I was yes. actually chief of staff in the mayor's office, um, uh, moved on from there into the city as a deputy city manager. But I left. Uh, the city retired and uh, took over um, as the kind of the founding CEO of the new downtown organization in downtown Phoenix called downtown Phoenix Inc. So um, I've had, um, you know, a tremendous uh, ride and opportunity to really uh, be involved with the urban part of Phoenix and the evolution of the urban part of Phoenix.
0: Yeah. And it's, it's credible to see that, uh, I guess, from your eyes as someone who has, you know, watch that rise in that development and kind of experience uh, the woes and the accomplishments that come along with it. Um, I can only imagine just kind of the stories you've probably either heard or been a part of. Uh, so I'm just going to ask you one of the questions that we used, you know, kind of just this question is now affecting us right now as a culture and as an overall group is kind of the uh, COVID and how it's been affecting uh, economics, development, and all of that in between. Um, have you experienced that with the, being on campus and, and seeing that? Uh, under, I know it is a biomedical campus. You guys might be on the forefront of that, uh, but can you give us that history or kind of that moment of, momentary uh, history of where you guys were when COVID hit and kind of where you are now?
1: Yeah, I think, uh, you know, COVID hit during um, a transition time for the campus. I mean, the campus has been there since 2004, but has principally been a place of uh, medical and health education. Mm -hmm. We were just transitioning to a much more entrepreneurial innovation element to the campus. We were actually opening up space that, for the first time allowed for, you know, private companies, uh, startups, entrepreneurial activity. Um, to grow and expand on the campus. So uh, it's been, uh, it was a tough haul in the beginning. All the education went remote and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, we're trying to energize uh, and support these uh, startup companies that were coming onto the campus and a major new developer uh, to Phoenix that was uh, facilitating that. Um, and then I think you know we did obviously uh, you know pause again with the whole Delta variant thing, mm-hmm. um, but I uh, you know the future is uh, is I do think is very positive is, you know, as we move out of this, um, and uh, you know there are issues you know in terms of you know how are people going to work in the yeah. future that are, are going to be interesting to sort out, but I think the one thing that um, uh, about the PVC is that so much of the work are, are being done is being done in laboratories yeah uh, both the university research and the private work and it's not the kind of stuff you can do from your kitchen or your bedroom yeah. i mean you have to be in a wet lab equipped building and have those sure. uh, those
0: facilities so. um so again i'm I, i'm just so enamored with your history and just how you've come to be. And I, I want to pause and just kind of rewind a little. You said you're from New York and from the the northern part of Syracuse, I believe. And that's from my research doing about yourself. Um, I actually I know someone who I used to work for that uh, was from that Syracuse area. And it seems like, you know, there is a a wide variety of New Yorkers and New York staters coming this way. Is there a particular reason why you chose this route or any reason why you even decided to stay?
1: Yeah, you know, we came from the snowiest major city in the United States to Phoenix, Arizona. So uh, that was uh, that was eye opening. Yeah. Um, the upstate New York cities uh, have really struggled over the past two or three generations, uh, and whole generations of educated young people have migrated out of Upstate New York because okay. of economic conditions yeah. and you know strong demographic uh, movement to the to the South and the Southwest, and I think we just kind of followed along with that with that wave. Um, yeah. You know, the, you know, we were, we, we love living there. It's a beautiful place, but, but, uh, but people really left for economic opportunity. Got it. And I think uh, Phoenix, uh, you know, really benefited from that. I think when we came to Phoenix, the population of this place had just crept over 2 million people. Okay. Yeah. And now we're at, now we're at 4.7 million people. Yes. This, and it's, it's a total, you know, the energy, uh, you know, how dynamic this place is, the opportunity, mm-hmm. you know, the lack of an old boy system here where people can come here from other places yeah. and we really connect into the community and, and make a difference, I think, was very appealing to us.
0: Absolutely. And I think that kind of uh, easily transitions us into that next conversation of, you know, you um, watch this downtown area develop and grow and, and, and populate. Um, you know, was there any point in your career or something along your, uh, route and just experiencing this growth is like, was there a particular shoe that dropped that you saw significant that really made the downtown area become what it is today?
1: Yeah, I mean, we, we had aspirations for downtown uh, that uh, that really pale in comparison to what's actually happened here. I mean, there's things that are happening uh, that go uh, way beyond what we thought we were going to yeah. be able to accomplish. I mean, you know, Phoenix evolved and developed. Uh, you know, when the whole country was moving towards becoming a suburban nation yeah. uh, and the in uh, the the economics and the and the gravity of the suburban development here, um, you know, was so powerful. And so we focused on the things that we thought we could get done. You know, yeah. let's let's have a viable convention center. So we have some convention business. Let's try to locate the sports teams downtown. Yeah. Uh, let's yeah. do the performing arts, etc. Um, I, I think there were a number of things um, that, um, that uh, you know, caused us to kind of move way beyond that. Mm-hmm. But by far, the most powerful thing is the whole back to the city movement that has really been yes, driven yes. by this huge generation of millennials. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so my generation, the gravitational pull and the cultural expectations were, were to go suburban and yeah. to have a yeah. suburban lifestyle. Uh, millennials really kind of flipped the script on that. And not all millennials, I mean, there's still, yeah, still you know, a significant number of people, but that generation is so large, so powerful, so influential about how we're going to evolve as a, mm-hmm. as a place. And to have large parts of that generation say, you know, we want a connected, Urban lifestyle. We want to be in diverse communities with a lot of energy, uh, with people uh, that uh, that want to connect to us on a on a real basis. You know, we don't want to be in a you know in a stucco box, uh, (laughs) you know, know, pushing our garage door opener to see which house, figure out which house is ours. So so now you you have a community of well over four million people. There were a lot of people that had um, a desire. Uh, to have that urban lifestyle, mm-hmm. but we didn't uh, create opportunities for them yeah. uh, to do that. We didn't have enough residential development going on. Uh, we didn't have enough, uh, you know, live music and the other yeah. el- you know, elements that have happened. But now I, I think, um, you know, downtown and central Phoenix have totally transitioned mm-hmm. to a walkable urban environment. Absolutely. And so has Tempe. And yeah. those are the two places that I think um, folks figured out that if they really want to have an urban lifestyle, uh, that those are the places yeah. you can do that.
0: There's something so uniquely that I, I I can't put my finger on. And I think something in our conversation kind of made me think in a momentary um, glimpse of like epiphany. It's the idea of, yes, that early generation when you you're discussing um earlier than the millennials decided to go suburban, that foundation of like that suburban life's lifestyle. And then when the redevelopment of the downtown area on top of that foundation just makes, I feel like Phoenix a unique place in that, um, that, you have space and if you want space, but then you have that yet really compacted, unique lifestyle of of city life where you need it to be. And on top of that, may I just say too, like you brought up the um, city and like central Phoenix and Tempe, both on, on in, in between or on the other sides of a centrally located Phoenix airport, international airport. It's uniquely beautiful to have this All around. Yeah, I think, Jose, I think you just hit the nail on the head. You've got these, the
1: only really true urban, evolving, energized urban places in the region with one of the world's great airports, you know, between the two connected by this golden thread of light rail. I mean, it's really a, uh, you know, this, this, you know, those two places have become kind of the urban center for the region. Mm -hmm. And both places are doing great. I mean, yeah. Central Phoenix and downtown Tempe are just amazing
0: mm-hmm. places. So let me ask you this: as you've um, kind of put your career in the in the spectrum of this development, and you look at it from your from your view, what is one of the you, I guess, greatest um, things that you've learned from this community, especially being someone who's traveled away from your original place of home and now you're experiencing this this new culture i mean what's your biggest takeaway
1: well, I, I just think that you know that, that Phoenix and the Phoenix region is on the verge of you know merging into the top tier of, um, of United States cities. I mean, you have the superstar cities, and we're not going to be mm-hmm. you know the Bay Area or New York or yeah. you know or LA or Chicago. Yeah, but that that next tier of really major cities: Atlanta, yeah. Dallas, Phoenix, you know, Seattle, yeah. uh, San Diego. You know, we you It's it's very clear that we are 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 merging into uh, that tier, mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, so I think our future is um, you know is really we, we we we. There's some things going on here that really
0: yeah
1: um, you know push us into a positive direction.
0: Awesome. I love hearing that. and I love um, that you again, you have the PBC right there in the in the heart of the downtown area. And I think that was a critical choice. I'm not sure from from my perspective, but maybe you can inform me. Was that was that location particularly important to the mayor who decided and and also the board of regions? I mean, I don't know what that what that all history entailed for that building and that campus to be where it is.
1: Yeah, it was, it was a, a, a huge pivot. You know, the land that the uh, Phoenix biomedical uh, campus now sits on, which is uh, about 30 acres, but connected to a, this broader downtown area yeah. was originally assembled as a site for the expansion of the Phoenix convention center. Oh, And, and, and then the Northern portion of the campus uh, was assembled as an alternate site for the Arizona Cardinals football stadium. So um So so thankfully, I mean, we we figured out another way to do the convention center and thankfully, uh, you know, it's all worked out for the Cardinals and they, you know, they have great facilities in Glendale. But to to be able to assemble this 30 acres uh, into the Phoenix Biomedical Campus was just a huge pivot. Mm -hmm. And it really kind of was born of this idea of, you know, how do we push um, downtown Phoenix to the next level? Um, Phil Gordon gets elected mayor and he built his whole agenda on creating uh, an educational ecosystem uh, in downtown Phoenix. So if you think about it, uh, you know, uh, you can go back to the early 2000s. You know, we had four or five hundred ASU students going part time downtown. Yeah. And we had third and fourth year medical students from the U of A up at Indian School and Central doing kind of clinical. uh, And that was it. Yeah. And so, you know, so, you know, 2004 was just an absolutely critical year. You know, uh, Michael Crow is relatively new at ASU. Yeah. Uh, He knows he needs a more urban downtown footprint for the campus. The campus doesn't have the capacity to really, you know, build the facilities it needs. He makes this partnership with the city of Phoenix. And these colleges, um, you know, relocate, uh, you know, from Tempe, you know, Cronkite, what is now Watts College of Health mm-hmm. Solutions, but uh, now uh, the law school in Thunderbird and create this this powerful ASU footprint. Yeah. And at the same time, uh, the Board of Regents uh, makes this uh, deal with uh, the University of Arizona and Phoenix, which was by far the largest in the United States without a full four-year medical school, wow. uh, you know, attracts the, the University of Arizona Medical School. Yeah. And these things, these things happen at the same time and totally, you know, transformed, um, you know, the way we thought about downtown, which, you know, had this, you know, nice sports base and convention center performing arts. Now we're bringing all of these young people downtown, mm-hmm. and we have this really significant educational element, yep. and uh, you know the campus, which really started with a handful of historic buildings has now grown to over 2 million square feet of uh, development and is master planned for almost 6 million square feet. So the- oh
0: wow, I did not know that aspect of it. I have, uh, I have seen the campus grow. I have seen, you know, development in it. And, you know, I got to experience when it first started to um, the, the breaking of the ground and, and just seeing that kind of, I'm a landscape architect. on my okay. <laughs> And so, uh, yeah, when that happened, we, we, you know, we took note, and we were watching, yeah. and and just you know, seeing it grow and develop, and all of downtown. Just you know, what ASU when I was in school, what they were going through, and and developing, and and capturing land uh, landmarks in different areas throughout Phoenix. Um, it just was noted. We, we were watching, and mm-hmm. it was just really great to, I for me to see the development growth. F- really exponentially for the students and for that, for that lifestyle or for this, uh, the educational element part. Um, So again, I, I really do love that history and and understanding and grasping the overall, uh, that understanding of that first part. Now I come to you as you start to take over and uh, you uh, captured this position, uh, I think last year uh, in my research, Um, you have a very Unique perspective as someone who has been a part of this community and part of the development of the public uh, biomedical campus. You have now the reins towards the future. I would love to ask you. You know, as someone who looks towards the future, do you have any personal goals first, and then you know, we'll also bring in the PBC goals as well. And how well do they mesh together, and how well you hope to kind of what uh, first steps? We'll we'll say.
1: Yeah, you know, I'd say from a personal perspective, um, you know, uh, c- cities have been the center of civilization for like three thousand years. So it's only in this post World War II era, you know, from the 1950s through the yeah. 1990s, that we really decided we wanted to be, um, uh, you know, a suburban nation. Yeah. I I think that 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 now you know, the, the power of the, these central cities never really went away. It just got, yeah. you know, overwhelmed for a short period of time. So to see the whole uh, urban environment and all the things that that delivers to our society begin to really emerge here in Phoenix, I think is a positive thing. Yeah. Um, I think with respect to the Phoenix Biomedical Campus, there are actually eight colleges among the three state universities that yeah. are physically located on the campus um, and in addition to that, you have the four additional ASU colleges that are within the walking distance. Yes. yes. Uh, now you have, uh, you know, Creighton University, You have Gateway Community College uh, now expanding and growing in downtown Phoenix. Mm-hmm. And you have these five really major hospital systems, all aggregated in the downtown uh, area and in the greater downtown area, you know, Phoenix Children's, ValleyWise, VA, uh, Dignity and Banner. Mm-hmm. And, you know, three of these uh, hospital systems are actually physically on the campus. And one is, you know, across the street. Yeah. So so now you have um, these eight colleges, uh, you know, you know, 15 total in the region, these major hospital systems, and you have this uh, emerging, growing a uh, health and bioscience and biomedical yeah. hub. Um, I just think you have, there's just tremendous potential there, Absolutely. A st- you know, so it's really not, I mean, we refer to it as a campus, but it's really kind of the center of gravity for this much broader uh, yeah. central Phoenix uh, health and bio ecosystem. Um, I think the one thing that is dramatically changing is that, um, you know, the city um, uh, entered in an agreement with ASU to take the seven acres on the Northern part of the campus and transition that into an innovation district, part of the campus that borders on the Roosevelt arts community. And in that is planned for over about a million and a half square feet of space. That's the first time the campus has really created the space that can accommodate private users. Everything else on the PBC uh, was either university related or associated with, uh, with TGen. Uh, in the not-for-profit sector, now we're going to have uh, you know a million and a half square feet of space that will bring university researchers
0: and private companies together. Wow. I think that, that really that really pushes us to the next level. I think so too. I think that that's really great. And far as again, there's a unique perspective when you start to cultivate a culture of uh, inclusivity and having the the areas where they are allowed to do that um, in an in an open environment, an open feel for the students as well too. It gives them a chance to um, look outside of school and start to look towards you know actual uh, careers and things like that, and and, and going towards them. Um, one of the things I'm very much uh, excited about is that uh, cultivation of the entrepreneurial side and that uh, private sector, because I always feel it's like once you kind of allow for that culture to develop and and really. Uh, let it grow; it starts to really innovate new ideas on a on a very you know next level uh, thing. And so, for me, as someone who's getting older and wants to, uh, you know, I, I start to look at life. In a, yeah yeah, just barely. I mean, it's just it's like again, you you have those moments where you wake up achy and mm-hmm. things hurt, and you're just like, oh yeah. man, I wish there was an ointment or you know something. And I'm excited about. Development of biomedical and, and where the where the culture of taking care of our bodies and the health of our bodies and all of that and where it might go in, in science and where it might take us and lead us and, and and fostering that level of cultural entrepreneurship and education in that environment really does help that.
1: Yeah, I we, we did the we did the coolest event uh, a couple of months ago, we did an event called Cultivate. Nice, um, nice. you know, which had been in the Roosevelt community for a while. It's kind of a farm to table uh, community yeah. dinner. But, you know, because of covid, uh, it didn't occur uh, last year. Mm-hmm. And we and it, we married it. I, you know, I didn't do it. But, you know, some of the people I work with, uh, you know, married it with the culinary medicine program at the University of Arizona Medical School. Nice. Um, you know, uh, Dr. Shad and uh, he came in and helped uh, the community curate that uh, dinner. Wow. We had uh, 200 people out there, uh, you know, four or five local chefs. Mm-hmm. All the servers were uh, University of Arizona College of Medicine students, you know, nice. future doctors. Yeah. And, um, and, and I think that's what, you know, you know, what you get in this kind of urban environment connected yeah. to the community, connected to these universities. Um, but I, I think with the advent of the, you know, the new you know, Wexford Science and Technology building that was a partnership with ASU, mm-hmm. there's now seven private companies uh, in that building, four of whom are spinoffs from either ASU or U of A. Nice. It, that's the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. You know, I yeah. think as we, as we move to the next building and the next building up there, I think the whole entrepreneurial ecosystem is just mm-hmm. going to grow and, and expand.
0: I think so, too. I have high hopes. And I think that that event really did kind of bring up um, just that unique, again, Phoenix culture. Where else are you going to find medical students along with farmers who are cultivating lands and chefs who are, um, you know, just like, again, where are you finding this Venn diagram in a city like that? Like, it's just really, um, a really very unique and beautiful uh, event that you guys put on. And so I really do appreciate Towards the end, I like to kind of pivot towards what you, again. I, I asked you what your goals were, but I, I kind of like to also get a little bit more personal too. And David, I would love to understand from uh, your daily routine. Is there anything that you like to keep in your daily routine, morning, evening, that keeps you sane and balanced?
1: Yeah, you know, I when I started this job, it was during COVID. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I, I didn't like that and trying to, you know, to do this, uh, you know, working, you know, from our den at home. So I personally, I do come to the office every day. That's great. Yeah am physically here. Um, you know, I split my time between an office that's at the uh, University of Arizona College of uh, Medicine. So I'm I'm among all of the U of A and NAU students nice. uh, that are in this part of the campus. And then I also have an office uh, right on uh, Fifth uh, Street in Garfield. Okay. Uh, and I'm interacting with the um, uh, you know, with the entrepreneurial part of the campus and mm-hmm. the researchers up there. So, uh, so I, I do like to have that personal interaction. Yeah, you know, one yeah. of the really interesting uh, dynamics that I find when I talk to people here, you know, a lot of the more senior researchers, you know, they're driving in from, you know, Chandler and Desert Ridge and whatever. <laughs> But there are a lot of young people on the entrepreneurial side, postdocs and people involved in these startup companies. And a lot of them are, are living in Central Phoenix, walking, yes. work, nice. you know, taking the light rail. I mean, really connected to the to the place and not mm-hmm. just spending eight or 10 hours a day here, but spending their whole lives kind of connected to this yeah. Central Phoenix ecosystem.
0: Well, I love I mean, I think it's very cool because I'm I'm literally I'm I'm close by I'm 15th Avenue Indian school so I love being this in the heart of the city and being able to use the light rail like you said it's become more and more walkable on top of everything else in between bikeable I've uh, from my own kind of uh, culture in the landscape world the city is now trying to inner uh, inject uh, bike bike lanes throughout the city and um kind of a corridor of different uh, connection points and making that kind of a more bike oriented city as well so again i a lot of things are happening throughout this city and i think that's very really great and i think again kudos i, I want to say to you because you again david you with your history and your um what you've been through in the past i think it's it's enough to say we can give you some kudos because you've had um Some part of it, and I think you are someone that again I was very excited when I was told i'm going to interview you and I get to ask you these kind of questions about the city and and its development and it's a real big part of my heart and so again, thank you again for coming aboard. Is there anything that we missed or anything that the BBC would love to uh, announce or anything like that that we can just kind of end up here.
1: No, Joe. I, I, but I, I would I would make one point. I mean, when we were talking earlier, you know, you're you're a new father. You have a, a you know a young child. You're living in Central Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what we aspire to do is you know to create an opportunity for your kid. To build their life here, you know, to get educated here, to connect to a university education here, to have economic opportunities here. Now, you know, they may want to go away for a while and get a frame of reference and travel, but I think if we, I think what what's happening in the core part of our city is very attractive to retaining these young people, and if we can take, you know, keep, uh, you know, our educated young uh, portion of our population. In the community, connected yeah. to the community, driving the educational and entrepreneurial side of the community, then uh, this place really there, there's no there's no boundaries of what we can accomplish. So agreed. So good luck with the appearance.
0: <laughs> Thank you very much, David. And that is a wonderful way to end this conversation. Again, if you don't mind, I would love to kick it to you. If there's a website that or um, something like a phone number that we can kind of uh, hit, give you the the chance to tell us, I would love to for that opportunity, David. Go right ahead and promote PPC
1: biomedicalphoenix.com. That's our uh, webpage, and it will connect to us. um, uh, And, uh, you know, follow us also on all of our social media, which you can connect to through the webpage.
0: Awesome. Thank you again, David. Uh, Before we go, ladies and gentlemen, you can hear every episode of our podcast at FindingArizonaPodcast.com. All of our social media is under Finding Arizona Podcast, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all available to you. Let us know who you want in next. Last but not least, if you would like to become a super fan, patreon.com slash Finding Arizona Podcast. There you will receive bonus content in return for supporting us. And last but not least, we end every episode with kisses, hugs, and belly rubs. Thank you for listening. We will catch you on the next episode. Let's goodbye.